Hi, everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rohrkraut. And today we have a really exciting episode. We will be celebrating Disney's Centennial as a company. They were founded in 1923, so they are 100 years old. And in that time, they have churned out so many films, taken over and absorbed so many different companies. And we thought that the best way to talk about Disney and our relationship to it was to have a little movie draft going through different categories. We will get to those. But first, we have to welcome back one of our favorite guests. You've heard him before talking about a Disney movie, the live action remake of Mulan. Welcome back, our dear friend, Ryan Lamb. Hey, Sophia. Hey, Nick. I am super pumped to be back. Um, although a little bit scared because uh, every time I'm invited to join Another Columbus area movie theater gets its wings. So we we lost AMC uh, a few years back when I recorded. And uh, most recently, um, my beloved Carriage Place Cinemark went out of business. So uh, it was pretty sad for me. I feel some personal responsibility because I bought Spider-Verse tickets and then canceled them because we didn't have time to go. And then literally like two days later, they closed. So... Oh no. That one's on <laughs> me. AMC Lennox was was uh bought by Phoenix, so um you can still go see your favorite dead pixel on the IMAX there. Um just giving Phoenix <laughs> your money instead. Wait, was Carriage Place the cheapy one? It was a dollar theater and they upgraded it with with leather seats. It was a deal. It was like nine or ten dollar tickets. It was very, very good deal. Oh. Um, it was our place to go. And we also had their rewards program. So I am in the market for a new rewards program. So um, if, if any listeners have input, please, uh, you know, hit me up. I am no longer on Twitter, but um, I am on Goodreads. So, you know, hit me up there. We can also engage on. Oh, the summer I turned pretty is like the greatest piece of modern literature as well. Team Conrad. Um, so I'm oh my there. God. Not on threads, not on TikTok. No. Any of the new, new things. No. Occasionally, but I, I try to, uh, try to cut social media out of my life to the extent possible. Honestly, that's great. Good for you. You're the perfect person to have on for this episode though, because you love Disney. You love Marvel. You love Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I know we make fun of you, kind of, Ryan, but, like, I'm also in the same boat. I do love a lot of these Disney movies and going to the parks. Like, there's so much, and their material is so vast. What is your relationship with Disney? Do you remember your first movie? Like, I'm sure we all had the VHS tapes. Yeah, I had a library of those Disney VHS tapes. I have no idea where they're at now, somewhere in my parents' basement. But I was a huge Aladdin fan as a kid. And I actually even remember for like one of my birthdays, my grandma took me to Kmart and I bought a Disney toy and then bought it to school with me and immediately lost it. And that was uh, pretty heartbreaking for me as a child. So, you know, if anyone anyone in Defiance, Ohio can uh, find that lost Aladdin playset, that would be great. I'm still looking for it. It's funny because, you know, I think... I'm very critical of Disney now just because of how many movies they push out every year and just how dominant they are and how sometimes, I mean, this is a conversation we don't need to get into today necessarily, but I think it's difficult when my beloved little indie movies get pushed out of theaters in favor of these somewhat lifeless live action remakes or whatever is happening in the latest phase of Marvel, but 
when I think about my childhood, I loved these Disney animated films. I had so many little Disney figurines, stuffed animals, dolls, VHS tapes. Like I was hooked in this world. And part of that is because we grew up in the 90s, which was the renaissance of Disney. And we really grew up with so many of these incredible movies that we'll talk about today. And those really defined my childhood. I know I've told you both that I've never been to the parks. I have not been to Disney World. My dad would always tell us it was under construction or we couldn't go. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never been. I only but went maybe one once day. as a kid. Um, okay. And then I've gone many times as an adult just because I worked in Orlando for a number of years and so had a lot of opportunity to go. I mean, being an Imagineer would have been a dream at one point. I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And getting to hear about certain people who were, I don't know if they were like guests at a school or program or whatever, but that always intrigued me. And they have their college program too. I was not in that. But yeah, I think just like all of us, I grew up watching these movies, loving these characters. And I feel like it was such an important part of, us growing up, our childhoods. Were you guys Disney Channel kids? I always wanted to be one of the ones who got to draw the Mickey Mouse <laughs> with the lights. You know, it's so funny because a few weeks ago, I talked about how like I grew up mostly watching TCM, like Turner Classic Movies. I would just watch like all of these old movies as a child. And I did, but I also did watch Disney Channel original movies and Disney Channel like after school programming so lizzie mcguire even stevens i mean they would like push that stuff out to us and we loved how like every single night or every friday night there would be a disney channel original movie on at eight o'clock they would do like old animated shorts and whatnot i think it was like the house of mouse maybe uh -huh. I, I can't remember the exact name of the program but i hated it i was like what are these old cartoons i want <laughs> oh my, no my even stevens live action i mean my aversion to pre-1990 movies started very young Ugh, so. ryan oh my God. it hurts me every time and meanwhile i loved like the pre-1960 and into the 60s too those live action very old school disney movies I won't talk about too many today, but we used to get those on VHS at the library all the time. I will say I was not a Disney Channel kid. I didn't have cable growing up. So all of those movies I'm pretty unaware of still. I remember seeing the bowling one. I've seen Xenon, Xenon right? Xenon. Yeah, Xenon yep. Girl of the 21st Century. And Xenon the Zequel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, but I would switch it up with Xena, right? The Do you know Warrior Princess? Warrior that was Princess? ABC yeah, show, I was... baby. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> oh, my um, God. What else was there? Oh, Smart House. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know the iconic ones, but I remember, like, Saturday morning cartoons would be, like, Disney's Recess. And then I think oh, during yeah. the week there was the wonderful world of Disney. And I'm not sure if they would show movies, but there would be a program and it would be like a whole thing. And so we would watch that as well. Yeah. Disney has been ubiquitous really for so long is what we're all mm -hmm. saying. <laughs> yeah. And it's changed over the years. Like mm -hmm. it was fun prepping for this draft because now you're looking at specific years versus when you're a kid, who cares? I mean, it's Ariel, it's Aladdin. You don't know when they were made or how far mm -hmm. apart they were brought about. I mean, Snow White being the first one and 
that being in the thirties, like that's crazy thinking of that now. But yeah, I think we were lucky as kids to have all of this material and Disney having gone through so many eras and now we're in even a newer era with streaming and having had Pixar for decades now and all of that material. So it's fun having looked back through hand animation and digital and mm-hmm. there's 3D. It's just there's so much happening in this world. And I'm excited to talk about many of them today. Fight over them, I guess. So now let's get into what the draft will actually look like. So if you've listened to our draft episodes before, this will be sort of similar to our holiday movie fantasy draft or our horror movie fantasy draft, also similar to fantasy football, but we care about drafts more when they pertain to movies. But basically, we are trying to each draft our best team of picks from different categories that relate to Disney. So our movie categories are live action, remake, or sequel, the 1930s and 40s, aka the golden age of animation and the wartime era. Then we have the 1950s and 60s or the silver era. Then we have the 1970s and the 1980s up through 1988 with the bronze era and the dark ages. Then We had to cover the 90s with two categories. So the first Renaissance era category is 1989 to 1994. And the second is 1995 to 1999. Then we have the 2000s and 2010s as one category. Then we have Marvel or Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm has to be after 2012. Then we have 20th Century or Searchlight 2020 to present. Then we have Pixar. Those are our movie categories. Then we have specialty categories, which we'll describe a little bit more in the rules, but those are sidekick, Oscar nominee or winner. This can be a movie, an actor, a song, anything. We can be creative. Voice performance, villain, song or soundtrack, and wild card. The wild card can be creative and from any category. Okay, so for the rules, each person will select a movie, character, etc. in each of the categories listed. We can start with any category. Once someone has drafted a movie, you cannot draft that movie in any other movie category, but another person can draft it in a specialty category. So basically, each person is only allowed to draft a movie or something from a specific movie once. For example, if I picked Beauty and the Beast in the 90s category as a movie, I can't make any other selections for that movie in the specialty categories. However, Sophia could draft Gaston and Villain, and Ryan could draft Cogsworth and Sidekick. And then for the live action category, any remake or sequel counts, and for voice performance, that must be a selection from an animated movie. So as always, we'll do a snake draft, and we'll update you on the order as we go, but We already randomly selected the order from the Wheel of Names, and Sophia will be going first, Ryan is second, and then I will go last, getting two picks in each round before we snake back to Ryan, and then Sophia will get two picks. I'm scared of going first. I always am. I never know what to do in these cases. Mm -hmm. So sometimes with the draft, you go to a thin category first, just because your options are really limited, but here, I think I just have to go with the best right from the jump, the number one overall draft pick in the 1989 to 1994 category, I will be selecting the Lion King. Smart. 
That is unfortunately a stab straight to my heart. It's still available to you in other places if you would like it, you know, like villain or voice performance, sidekick. But I think, you know, when I think about Disney masterpieces, there are so many that I love, but I think that this really is the peak of Disney animation when you're looking at what they've put out as a whole, right? It's the peak of this era, but also it's just such an incredible story. You have one of my favorite villains, Scar. You have Timon and Pumbaa. See, I'm giving you guys ideas. I'm sure you already have them for your later categories, but I I just think it's such a rich world and it's something that I always connected with. And it's just this, it's a, a piece of the Disney canon that I think just kind of sits above a lot of the others, especially some of the others that focus on animals. And we can talk about Hamlet. I also just love the Hans Zimmer score. So it just feels like it has to be number one. And I will never forget Mufasa's death and the effect that that has on you as a child watching this film. So my first pick is The Lion King. So I feel like I'm backed into a corner here. Um, And... (laughs) I think I'm going to also have to go because of Sophia's move into the 90, early 90s, and I will be taking Aladdin. And I, we have, obviously, the iconic performance from Robin Williams here as Genie and just a completely wonderful soundtrack and completely captured my imagination as a child. So I can't let that guy go. I love Aladdin. This was also a favorite of mine as a kid. The opening sequence of this movie is really scary. I just remember being really struck by that. And the music is just so good. These songs are so memorable. It's uh, very hard not to break out into song right mm-hmm. now. But um, no one <laughs> needs to hear that. So. I know. Same. I was, I'm very tempted. But I will not sing on the pod. <laughs> Nick, you have two picks. Yes. Okay. So this is very interesting. Because even if I let these movies go, you guys could still choose them in other categories. So we are going to finish round one with The Lion King and Aladdin. So I'm going for sidekick. I'm going to say Genie from Aladdin. I really wanted to say Robin Williams because I think he makes this character what it is. And it's special because of him. And I wanted to put him in voice performance. But instead, in that category, I'm going with James Earl Jones for Mufasa. Okay, so I was going to take, this was, it's so funny because James Earl Jones and Robin Williams were right there for me. And then Aladdin and The Lion King are so high up on my list. So I love Mm -hmm. that we, with our first four picks in the draft, have focused on two movies. It's perfect. (laughs) 90s children. (laughs) Clearly there's no bias here. Well, I just didn't want them taken because they are some of my tops. And if that's gone, that screws everything else up. So I'm going with those here. The Mufasa scene towards the end when he's in the stars and the clouds talking to Simba. It's not a voice that I'm going to try to recreate, but I think everybody can hear it when you have that image in front of you. So I'm happy with these two as my first picks, but now I have to wait four or five more turns. You're up again, Ryan. The fun of the game. (laughs) All righty. Well... Maybe for you guys, the earlier Disney stuff is not thin pickings, but for me, it is. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and try and get that out of the way so I don't get saddled with anything that I detest. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And uh, I'm going to go with probably the most obvious pick possible. 
Um, and I will be picking Snow White in the Golden Age of Animation. Obviously, this is, you know, the first um, Disney animated motion picture. And so because of that, I mean, how, how could you not want this as a golden jewel on your team? Fun Oscar facts. So Walt Disney has the record for the most Oscars. He's won the most. He has 26. And one of his honorary Oscars is a large Oscar, like a standard sized one. And then seven little mini Oscar statuettes to represent each of the dwarves. That's really cool. Do we know, like, does his family still have those or like, are those collected? I would love to like, I can only imagine how much those guys are worth. I would imagine they're probably at one of the Disney parks somewhere or they're at the Academy Museum studio. Yeah. Or the studio. I bet they're on display though. But my Snow White story, so Ryan, Snow White was my first movie I ever saw in theaters. My dad actually took me when I was two weeks old because he wanted it to be my first movie in theaters. I slept through the entire thing. I was apparently very good, like didn't cry or anything. But they were doing, it was back when they would only do re-releases every so often. And it had just come out in July 93 as a re-release in theaters and my dad wanted that to be my first movie, and I still have the little ticket stub. Oh, that's incredible. Isn't really that sweet? sweet? Yeah. So good pick, all this to say. Good selection. So, okay, I have two picks now. The older movies aren't as slim for me, because I do love a lot of them. So I'm actually going to go to one of my specialty categories, and I will be selecting my favorite Disney villain of all time, And that is Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. (laughs) I think she's the greatest Disney villain of all time. I love that her journey starts from being angry that she wasn't invited to a party, which is pretty relatable, I think, if you're thinking of just things that hurt you in life, right? Not being included. And she really takes it to the extreme. I love her lair. I love the design of the character. Eleanor Audley's voice performance is next level. So I had to select Maleficent in Villain. Angelina Jolie is proud. Anything to make Angelina Jolie happy. In my second pick, okay, there are so many places I could go with this one, but I have to snag my favorite live action remake before it leaves the board. And I will be going with the classic that I watched over and over again growing up. That is Nancy Myers is the Parent Trap, starring Lindsay Lohan, Natasha Richardson, Dennis Quaid, Elaine Hendricks as Meredith Blake, who I still cannot believe was supposed to be 26 in that movie. You ever She's think not about the that? Villain. How old we are compared to her? No. Oh my god. What am I doing? I need to go out to Napa. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, I... Mm-hmm wanted a yellow duffel bag and to go to camp and to have my ears pierced like Hallie, even though I was always more of an Annie, let's be honest. (laughs) And I also just thought Natasha Richardson was truly like the real princess Diana. She was so perfect as their mom. And I just find this movie so warm and comforting. And it has all of the Nancy Myers touches that I love from all of her films. Like even You know, it has the production design touches that we see in Something's Gotta Give. It has these mature relationships, like, between the adults, but also, like, it really, I think, the movie understands who these girls are. And honestly, Lindsay Lohan should have gotten her own honorary mini statuette 
for this performance <laughs> as Annie and Hallie. That was a regular uh, viewing uh, in my house growing up as well. We, I had a ton of fun with that movie. And can you believe it or not, really have never seen the original. So the fact that it was a live action remake didn't even cross my mind. So I did see the original Parent Trap first growing up from 1961. It stars Haley Mills, also as both twins. And Brian Keith and Maureen O'Hara play the parents in the movie. It's good. I mean, I recommend watching it and checking it out if you like The Parent Trap, just because it is the original and it's just fun to compare the two. But the Nancy Myers 1998 version will always be so special to me. Well, I think for the next selection in the draft, I will pivot to another slim category and go to the 70s and 80s. The next decade. <laughs> really anything, again, before the 90s is, is a challenge for me. But in the 70s and 80s, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh was released. And Winnie the Pooh is one of the most iconic characters globally for Disney. Um, so you can go places like Japan and you'll see Winnie the Pooh everywhere. And so uh, because of that, just like the cultural impact of that movie and that property, I want to snag that up. Good pick. My slim category is the 50s and 60s. So I'll be going there. My pick is Peter Pan. That's oh, another heartbreak for me. I forgot that you loved that one, Ryan. I don't even know so much that I love it as it is one of the few that I I like and did watch growing up. I remember going mm-hmm. to my great grandma's house and um, that was like one of the few movies that she had. So that was like the choice was to watch Peter Pan. But actually why I really love it now is um, during the Disney fireworks, not the current fireworks, which are not as good, but the previous fireworks that they had, there's a moment where that you can fly starts playing that song and it's like kind of like goosebump raising um it's really cool and that kind of like that alone just makes me love that movie have you seen the live action remake that david lowry just did on disney plus i didn't but um i don't think it reviewed well did it it did not i haven't watched it yet but i've heard mixed things some people really like it other people are pretty negative on it but i do love him as a filmmaker so i'm curious to check it out well, as a um, childless person in his 30s, um, I can appreciate the idea of never wanting to grow up. So Yes. Agreed. This is a common theme <laughs> with the three of us. <laughs> I mean, mentioning the new series, but there are just so many iterations of this. There was Peter Pan in 2003 that we had on DVD and watched a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. This was just like a one-off with Jason Isaacs and Jeremy Sumter. Obviously, we, we have Hook from Spielberg, but also Pan, the musical that they did on NBC, I believe, with Allison Williams. That was a moment in time. So one of the oh, interesting wow. things there, though, is how Peter Pan, when, when they do adapt it on the stage, is always played by a woman. I think that is actually kind of really interesting how, how the pixie they haircut. do that. Okay, my next pick. This is tough because I really want to film, but... I think I'm going to have to go with song and soundtrack because I'm very surprised this movie hasn't been taken yet. And I wonder if this is the song that you would pick from the movie, but I'm going with Under the Sea from The Little Mm, Mermaid. Good pick. I was leaning towards like taking the whole soundtrack Mm -hmm. because... That too, yeah. Wow. The work by 
Alan Menken and Howard Ashman on that film is spectacular. It's so theatrical and playful and understands that world in a way that I think the live action remake struggles to. It doesn't have the same Mm -hmm. feeling, right, in the new songs that the original songs do. And, I mean, you get everything. You get the Discovery song. You get the villain anthem. You get, I mean, there's so many, so many good songs in that movie. But Under the Sea is a good pick. Yeah, Poor Unfortunate Souls is definitely up there. And since I can't take it now, so is Ursula in Villain. But I recently rewatched the original. And sadly, I did it right before seeing the remake, which made me dislike it even more. Because in the original, especially this song, it's just so collaborative. There are so many characters. It's beautiful. Lots of colors. I mean, it just really astounds you in every way. And to me, this is just one of Disney's best original songs. I mean, it's funny and stupid and quirky, but I think that's why it is too. It's great. No, I love it. Okay, Ryan, you're up. All right. I'm hoping you guys can uh, let this choice go because for song and soundtrack, oh, God. <laughs> I will be selecting uh, Frozen in Adina oh Menzel's incredible performance <laughs> of that song that never stopped playing for years straight in the early 2010s with Let It Go. And, and obviously everyone knows this song. I think it was like the most popular song on earth. And I can just mm-hmm. only imagine people that are, you know, 15, 16, 17 now, like that was like their, probably their anthem as, as they were children. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I am really pumped that I was able to pick that one up. The wickedly talented Adele Dazeem. Adele Dazeem, exactly. Okay, so I'm going back to the 90s and I'm selecting... One of my favorite movies of all time from Disney because it is just so me in so many ways. I love Paris. I love Gothic cathedrals. I love things that are very dark in nature when it comes to films. So I will be selecting in our 1995 to 1999 category, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ugh. It was my pick. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't believe that there's competition. <laughs> it's so good. It's I feel like so good. The Hunchback of Notre Dame isn't like, it doesn't feel to me to be like a beloved Disney movie. For me, it really is. I just love the music. I love how scary the opening sequence is. It's just frightening. Frollo on that mm-hmm. horse, like chasing after Quasimodo's mother. Like, it's just so, it's so scary. And it just, it thrusts you into that world in just a few minutes. I think it's just dazzling. Like, I don't think the gargoyles work very well. Like, it's kind of the film itself is trying to be two different things in a lot of ways. It's trying to be this really strong, dark adaptation of the Victor Hugo novel. And it's also trying to be a film for kids in a lot of ways. So you have these talking gargoyles that are, you know, up <laughs> up in the cathedral towers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just love it. When I was younger, too, I had no understanding of Hellfire or what any of that meant, right? But mm-hmm. to put that in a Disney movie, I think is just, I love that they went for it. Tony J as Frollo, too. I mean, also just one of the most terrifying villains to me because that person is out in the real world right now in so many different areas, right? Religion, politics, etc. And I just love how that character is designed, like his rings and his 
entire outfit as this judge. And it's a bit different from the book because in the book he's an archdeacon. So they pivoted to make him less religious in the movie and like a less direct attack on Catholicism as an institution. But I think it's still really, really provocative for an animated film in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also one that adults can really enjoy, especially on rewatch. It is very dark, and I'm surprised it was even made for kids. That intro is maybe my favorite in all of Disney, though. How it ends on the bells, on Quasimodo ringing the bells with the title card, just like brought me to tears, and I needed to rewatch it immediately. This is a hunchback stand podcast. Yes. Nick, if you haven't listened to it yet, listen to the Hunchback of Notre Dame cast recording because that first song, The Bells of Notre Dame, has an extended mm-hmm. story that's closer to the book. So go listen to that. It's incredible if you haven't yet. Okay, so I have another pick. Do I want to go to a film or a specialty category? I think I'm going to stick with film. So my favorite film in the 50s and 60s is definitely Sleeping Beauty. I love the hand-drawn animation. I think it's just so gorgeous. I, I'm obsessed with the way that this film looks, but I already have Maleficent, so I can't take it. So I will be selecting my other favorite Disney film that showcases hand-drawn animation, and that is 101 Dalmatians from 1961. The way that these buildings are drawn in London is just so perfect and I love the scene when we see the dog owners with their dogs and they're dressed alike or they look alike and have each other's mannerisms I think that's so cute and it really was one of the first ones that I really loved as a kid and in the way that I love Paris for the Hunchback of Notre Dame I also love London so it fits for me to pick a movie set in the city too and it also has one of the best villain entrances with Cruella pulling up in that car <laughs> and showing up at Anita and Rogers. How did you uh, feel about the live action remake? I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Cruella? Cruella. Nick, you and I saw Cruella together. That was like one of our first movies together. Um, that was at Williamsburg we... yes. Cinemas, right? Yeah. Yes. I remember oh that. Oh my gosh. I thought the costumes were perfection for that movie Jenny Bevan the trash dress I thought it was too long though and my definitive Cruella outside of this movie is Glenn Close well I thought it was a blast like the the fashion in it was really cool I'm not like huge into fashion my husband loves like Project Runway and all that so I catch it on Mm -hmm. the side but you know for me very ignorant of that stuff I thought like all the costuming in that movie was like incredible maybe I'll rewatch that tonight all of these choices and you're going to pick Cruella to rewatch tonight? I don't that's that's what I'm feeling. I just told you all about a movie from pre-1990 and you said, "No, we're going 2021 here." How can I connect this to my favorite Disney era, which is the um exploitation of capitalism era? <laughs> Ryan, I remember one time getting into an argument with you. I mean, not like a serious one, but just about which style of Disney is the prettiest. And how you love the new ones. And I'm like, ugh, no, I love the hand-drawn. I love the old, the old school, like, beautiful, intricate lines. You know, I think that, well, that age is the best. Like, honestly, like, you go back and you watch even, like, 
the original Toy Story still looks good, mm-hmm. but compared to like how animation looks today, it is like yeah. still wildly improved. So like there is like that timelessness that mm-hmm. goes to, like the hand drawn animation. All right. So um, for my next pick, I will be going to the sidekick category, and I will be selecting um, Timon and Pumbaa. Hopefully, no one's too worried about that selection. But I mean. Who doesn't love a just a lovable pair of friends who just tell you, hey, your dad's dead. Who cares? You know, let's move on. No big deal. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> We're teaching uh, the youth. We learned learned young that, you know, dying parents wasn't wasn't something to get too caught up about. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really. Dying parents are dying always par- a theme. Yeah, that is like the number one Disney, Disney trope yeah. is, is a dead parent <laughs> or parents. Mm hmm. Which dead parent movie are you we, picking? We need to add a new <laughs> dead two parent picks. category. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I should. We should have thought of that. <laughs> I have to go to the 90s. I don't have any of those yet. I'm picking Hercules for my late Renaissance era movie. Nice. Also a great soundtrack, mm-hmm. great characters. I love Hades, but yeah, Hercules, this was definitely one of my go-to movies Everything from zero to hero to go the distance, I could still listen to on repeat and just get totally lost in. So I love this movie. Go the distance is like a part of my Disney soundtrack playlist. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I won't say I'm in love for me. Megara is my definitive Disney woman. Besides Maleficent, of course. I think I'm saving some of these categories. So I have to pick my favorite Pixar movie. Oh, no. I think I know what he's gonna go with. I mean, it it has to be it. It's Wally. I remember when that came out. You adored it. Who doesn't? Do you not? No, I love it. It's yeah, so good. Wally yeah. and Eva. I think it's so beautiful. Those humans were living the life. That's the dream. Who doesn't just want to be a blob, <laughs> lay around and do nothing? <laughs> this is another beautiful score. It's silent mm-hmm. for most of it, which is just incredible for how. Disney pulled this off in the 21st century and made it a hit film. And then we have My Fair Lady, which we know how we feel about that movie, but <laughs> never seen it. It's a it's a key moment and Ryan, a beautiful one between Wally and Eve. I would love to know your opinions on Rex Harrison and My Fair Lady, Ryan. If you ever get around to it one day. Is he a very beautiful man? No. No. Um, (laughs) That was not not... the direction you were going in. (laughs) That wasn't the direction I was going in. (laughs) See where my brain is focused. Okay, Ryan, you're up. All right. Well, I think that for the 2000s and 2010s, I will be selecting what I think is the best modern Disney movie. And that is Moana. The soundtrack from Lin-Manuel Miranda is incredible. And I listened to it over and over again. And the animation style is so beautiful, pulling in all the the blues of the ocean and the Pacific and the aqua. It is such a gorgeous movie. And I've, I've watched that on repeat as an adult. It's so beautiful. I also love Moana. Okay. I, let's see, where do I want to go next? I feel like I need to jump to a specialty category since I've taken a few movies now. Not that I'm fearful you're going to take her, anyone, but I feel like I just, this is a, this is a pick I have to have on my team. For Oscar nominee or winner, I will be taking Julie Andrews 
in her Best Actress win for Mary Poppins. One of my favorite wins in the category's history. I think she is just phenomenal in this role. Her voice, oh my god, it's so beautiful. The songs are so creative and whimsical. And I love that she won for this musical, especially because of the history of it, of not getting to be Eliza Doolittle and My Fair Lady that same year and getting this role instead and then going on to win Best Actress. It's such a wonderful performance and in a movie that I'm also obsessed with. That was another one that was on repeat for me as a kid. I wanted to be Mary Poppins too. I knew it would come up at some point. I was wondering when. Yes. I was between this or the music because I do love the music, but I have some other some other songs there that I really like. So I feel like I felt like I had to put her here. She's also just someone I think of when I think of Disney, even if it's mm-hmm. for like later, like the Princess Diaries even. Ryan, have you seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks? I don't even that's the first I've heard those words. My reason for asking is because Bed knobs was trying to be Mary Poppins so badly, mm-hmm. but it, it is a really fun watch and I would recommend it for you. It's got the music. It has that like mix of live action and animation. It's Angela Lansbury. I mean, so you're saying I should watch that tonight instead of Cruella. I would go, I would go a few years before that. Yes. Okay. So I will be going to the 20th century or searchlight category and i'm going to be taking one of my favorite films from last year and one of my favorite oscar contenders the banshees of inna sharon this just doesn't feel right it just doesn't feel like we're talking about disney i know right (laughs) well that's the fun of this right it's like once you start thinking of the other some of the other companies or things that disney technically owns it gets interesting right like, The Banshees of Inisherin is very dark compared to any of the other modern things that, that are coming from Disney. So we, we included these categories, I think, as just a little fun way to just show how much Disney has their paws on. But I love this movie. We talked about it ad nauseum last season. Colin Farrell's performance, the screenplay by Martin McDonough. It just stuck with me for a long time. I'm curious what your 20th century or searchlight movie is going to be, Ryan. I know what yours is going to be, Nick. I wouldn't take it from you. I have a few good ones. Let's see here. Can I move there yet? I I just don't want to have anything taken away from me. Okay. So since 20th century and searchlight was, was brought into the picture, I am going to go with a movie that I really enjoyed. And others might argue there is a better original. I am going to go with the same pick, but I'm putting it in a different category. I will be going with live-action remake West Side Story, um, which I thought Mm -hmm. was an awesome movie, and I have never seen the original. Um, I know that's probably offensive to many, but the the Steven Spielberg movie that just came out was so amazing. The performances were incredible. The music was incredible. Like, I just enjoyed that movie so much. Um, So I will go with West Side Story in live action. It's a great pick. It was also on my list. Okay, Nick, you have two picks. Okay, so my next pick, I'm going to go with the 2020s. I will be taking The Incredibles, another one of my favorite Pixar movies that I can't choose since I already picked that category, but way more superior than its sequel, 
Ryan, you might disagree with me. I actually sure. don't care for either of the Incredibles movies, <laughs> which is ironic given my love for the genre. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Those movies just never did it for me. Learn something new every day. And I think a lot of my choices are safe because no one's going to choose them. That's how I feel about some of mine, too. Yeah, I'm down to, like, I'm not too worried anymore. So I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Black Panther and Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) The only Marvel movie that you would pick. Not the only one. I said I had three on my list. Okay. It's it's the one spite pick I considered in this whole draft, but it's not it's not worth it to me to give up something else. But I, I did highly consider it as a spite pick. Well, you'll probably pick like Infinity War or what's the other one? But Shang Chi is up there for me, and the sequel is delayed. I'm so upset. Like Simu Liu just like posted that it's been delayed, and I'm pretty oh. pretty sad about that because. Well, I feel like they they changed their whole slate so that Avatar is like really delayed. Well, Disney is probably busy trying to figure out how to rework their entire phase five and six because they have a domestic abuser as their actor for their villain. So, okay, I'm not super worried about a lot of what I have left, but I am going to go with an Oscar winning song for my oscar winner um and that's remember me and coco which i think is just a totally oh. heartfelt song in a really wonderful beautiful movie um i really love coco and, and rewatch that one quite a bit as well as as one of my favorite recent disney movies and that song is so good i watched coco for the first time on a plane and i regretted it instantly oh. because i was weeping on the plane that's a sad way to like experience that movie i wouldn't like such a good movie it deserves a better viewing than on an airplane so i have two picks now in pixar i have to take my favorite pixar movie which is ratatouille i Mm. love ratatouille so much i think the story at the center of it about remy and linguini is just so beautiful and i love the parisian aesthetic of the movie and the Anton Ego character. It's just, it's such a beautiful little Pixar film. And I remember when I first saw it, just knowing instantly that it was the best one I had seen yet. My favorite one. So I had to take that one. And I mean, I know my Lucasfilm Marvel pick is safe, so I don't need to go there. It is fairly slim pickings in the 70s and 80s. I will be taking Robin Hood. It's a good choice. That was on my list. I like it. It's really it's it's a really cute movie. It's one that, you know, I've always liked the animation in that film. And at the end of the day, it really is a 70s movie and that it is a hangout film. All right. So I'm actually pretty proud of this next pick. I will be going to voice performance. I will be selecting Walt Disney for the voice of Mickey Mouse, the original voice of Mickey Mouse including in two movies, which Fantasia was one of them. And in a Disney draft, who more iconic to choose than Walt Disney? Yeah. That's a great pick. All right, Nick, you have two picks. For my next pick, I'm going with Searchlight. I'm picking Fire Island. I love it as an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and all the characters, the actors. I love the comedy and the romance of it. And yeah, I mean, I think everyone assumed I would pick that anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't dare touch it. (laughs) West Side Story was close. 
and so is Nomadland. Even next goal wins. Should I pick that instead? Oh yeah, Nick, you definitely Nomadland. I didn't. I didn't think um, movies you sleep through was one of our categories. <laughs> my God. Ay yeah yeah, Ryan. In my other category for live action, I'm picking Tron Legacy. I've never seen this. It's a, re- <laughs> it's a really pretty movie, and the soundtrack is Daft Punk does the soundtrack. The and soundtrack, it's really good. Ugh, it's incredible. I would just play the soundtrack and listen to it all the time. Sophia, I feel like you should watch this. I don't know, you might hate it, but this was like an early Disney sequel or remake. Yeah, Jeff Bridges, Olivia Wilde, Garrett Hedlund. But yes, I recommend the Daft Punk soundtrack to everybody. Oh my God, it's so fun. It's giving Zimmer. It's giving Zimmer. I love it. All right. So I need to go back and clean up my pre-90s timeline. Um, And for my 50s and 60s pick, (laughs) I will be taking The Jungle Book, which um, I I enjoy quite a bit. And specifically, the Bare Necessities song is so good. I love just like Mm -hmm. singing that song to myself. I also love George Sanders. His voice performance in that movie, so good. As Shere Khan. Yeah, that's a common villain favorite. Okay, so in the song slash soundtrack category, I'm going to take advantage of this category, including soundtrack, and I'm going to take an entire soundtrack because I think it is some of the best music in all of Disney. And I cannot believe this movie hasn't been touched yet because I think it is one of the greatest Disney movies ever. I don't think it's going to be the one that you're taking. I I think you might have a different one um but it is i think the most broadway of the disney movies i rewatched it last year and was just in love with the music and that is beauty and the beast so alan menken and howard ashman back again the songs in this movie from beauty and the beast to be our guest to the song that introduces Belle, who is my favorite disney princess I just love the music in this movie. I think it's perfect. I never really cared for Beauty and the Beast as a kid, but I actually, and I don't think this is a popular opinion, but I love the live action Beauty and the Beast. And I know people like Ryan. don't like Emma Watson <laughs> singing in it, but I actually think she's pretty good. And I love, I don't necessarily like love Dan Stevens on the screen, but his voice is so good. And his performance forevermore on that soundtrack is so good. Oh I love it. Okay. It could still get selected somewhere, but I will say my runner up here was the Mulan soundtrack and specifically I'll Make a Man Out of You, which is a classic Disney song that I feel like everyone loves. Okay, my second choice. So in the 2000s and 2010s, I will be selecting Toy Story 3. It's a pretty popular pick. I'm not surprised. And also Mm -hmm. timing wise really works well for people our age because that movie yes. Andy comes of age at the same time as as we did so it's pretty emotional to watch yeah I remember going to see this with my friends in in high school and we all cried <laughs> we were coming up on that age of oh, yeah. you know graduating from high school leaving home the sequence with the toys going into the incinerator alone right is enough but I think it's just the Toy Story franchise i think has its ups and downs downs being toy story 4 but i really do like the first three the third one might actually be my favorite i was graduating high school at the time andy was too so it really was an emotional finale and 
Yeah, I think it's one of the best sequences because at the time we didn't know if Toy Story would go on and mm -hmm. to think that it could actually be over was horrifying. Yeah, but have no fear. Disney loves money. Yes, they do. Tim Allen's got to continue to make money too, right? I mean... His pure Michigan ads aren't good enough. No. <laughs> not going to cut it. Okay, Ryan, you're up next. All right. So for my... Uh, 95 to 99 so late 90s pick i will be selecting the movie tarzan and the reason why is because the soundtrack by phil collins is just incredible i mean there is banger after mm -hmm. banger on it you'll be in my heart is like one of my favorite disney songs and even nsync has a song on the soundtrack you can trash the camp with nsync so it is just such a good <laughs> fun soundtrack and phil collins was I mean, what a great pick to do that soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. This is a mm -hmm. good pick. I think it's one of their the best Disney soundtracks for sure. Fits very well with my next pick, which is going to be Oscar winner, You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins for Tarzan. So we're very aligned there, Ryan. We're essentially the same person. We have the same opinions. <laughs> wow. And with that, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> See you next time. Yeah, I do love Trash in the Camp, but this was the only nominee from the film, which is really surprising. This was pre-animated feature category, which is likely why. For my next pick, there are a few left, but I am going to go with Villain. I don't think anyone would even take this. We haven't even touched this movie, which was in our 50s and 60s category, which is all done now, but... She is from The Sword in the Stone, and I'm going with <laughs> Madame Mim. Oh, my God. <laughs> One of the quirkiest, wildest characters I think Disney has ever made. And when I rewatched this, I was absolutely in love with her, too. She's so weird as a witch. It's like, what <laughs> is happening? But she's a lot of fun, so... It, not a top-tier villain by any means. I mean, like Captain Hook, Ursula, Jafar, Scar, all iconic, but I'm going to go on the wild side here and pick her. I love the creativity of this pick. You're right. No one has mentioned the film yet. I didn't think of Madame Mim for this one, but I like it. I can just picture her hair and the pink and all purple the colors. dress. It's just... yeah. Feels like Disney will never do that again either, which is kind of sad. But okay, Ryan, you're up again. All right. So for my next pick, I will pick someone who I think is a truly terrifying villain. Mother Gothel Entangled. And why I think she's so oh. scary is she's your mom. And just, I mean, just imagine being a kid and like the villain of the story is actually like your mother. That's, I mean, an ingenious choice for a, a Disney movie villain. Um, and just Tangled overall is uh, another favorite movie for me um, from the 2000s and 2010s as well with so much good music there. But Mother Gothel, too, truly terrifying. The Donna Murphy voice performance is perfection. Yes. Go watch her record mother knows best it's so good it's just like pure broadway okay i will take them i don't have a movie from the golden age of animation so for that category i will be selecting a movie that has spawned many remakes i will be choosing pinocchio i'm sure that wasn't on either mm. of your lists pinocchio gives me the but <laughs> it's my only other choice really oh <laughs> i'm surprised bambi wasn't your pick 
Bambi makes me way too sad. I think that Pinocchio, I really like the animation in Pinocchio, and I love the story at the center of it, and I think that this is one of the best adaptations of that story. We had the Guillermo del Toro adaptation last year. We had the truly dreadful Robert Zemeckis take on it. But I think that this one is a classic for a reason. And I just, I really love how detailed the animation is here. Now we're going to go to the Marvel Lucasfilm category. And I will not be selecting a Marvel film actually here. I will be taking my favorite recent Star Wars movie. And that is, I don't know how you feel about this one, Ryan. So I'm curious. Um, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. I think it's the only one of the new ones that I like. It's different. I think a lot of it is just really beautiful and cinematic. I think it has its problems. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I applaud Ryan Johnson for trying to do something different here. And then unfortunately, J.J. Abrams just destroyed that with The Rise of Skywalker, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I appreciated what it was trying to do. I don't think it, you know, holds up to the originals, which I just, I love dearly, but it feels nostalgic in a way for those. And it feels like a beautiful, like cinematic epic in a lot of stretches of it. It is genuinely like the most interesting of the recent Star Wars movies in terms of like the ideas that Ryan Johnson is playing with. Unfortunately, like a lot of the fandom really lashed out at the movie which was really disappointing um you know people don't like how luke is portrayed in the movie i thought it was really phenomenal because the ideas that it was playing with and the fact that like luke isn't you know this you know paragon of good you know he Mm -hmm. still has his struggles over time and and we live in a world of gray instead of black and white and star wars really likes to play in this sandbox of like good and evil And so Ryan Johnson did something really interesting by saying, hey, like there's a middle ground here and what can we do to play with that? And I that's why I love that movie, even though there are aspects of it that are not good. I mean, anything to do with the casino planet is is pretty rough in the movie. (laughs) Yep. But, you know, that was because he was trying to make a nod back to the prequels and he was trying to play to people who love all the different generations of Star Wars. But I think a great pick, Sophia. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you took it. Yeah. Thank you. Nick's like, okay, next. <laughs> All of those movies to me are in the past. <laughs> well, there will be more for the future for you. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> so I am going to take just the box office juggernaut that everyone said, oh, this movie, no one cares about this franchise. Here we go. Turns out they do. I'll be picking Avatar Way of Water for my 20th century pick. You know, clearly it's a very long movie. It is not a perfect movie, but the technical achievements are incredible. And I really appreciate that. And clearly, culturally, it is a sensation. Um, People love these movies. They want more of them. And don't you worry, there will be four, five, six more of these things coming our way. Assuming James Cameron is able to live long enough to complete his planned seven movie. (laughs) Is it five or seven? Because five, they come to Earth. I think that might be the end. I think there was a trilogy planned, and then maybe it it might be five total. Um, Needless to say, many more movies to come. Much more money for Disney to make. Lots of billions of dollars, yes. Okay, we're entering chaotic territory now, and there's no way around it because of (laughs) you both taking 
my top two 30s and 40s picks. So I'm going with my favorite ride <laughs> that is still at Disneyland. Well, the movie is The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but at Disneyland, it's Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I was very <laughs> concerned that you were going to say that you were going to be picking the song. Up so. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. We notched them all the thing there. is, I love the Mr. Toad sequence and not as much the Ichabod one, which is more about Sleepy Hollow, but it's also not really about Sleepy Hollow and the story of the Headless Horseman. Mr. Toad, yeah, there were a lot of drugs being had in the making of that. <laughs> part of the film but it is really fun and the mr toad characters also bonkers like madam mim have either of you seen this no i have it's been a long time though but i always liked it yeah no i think it holds up definitely and then this is less chaotic but my early renaissance pick i'm going with the rescuers down under oh which both of these movies also really hold up i love the rescuers This opening sequence is just so fun and it's like it throws you in there and it's like, okay, we know what we're doing. We are taking the sequel to the next level and they do. And rewatching it, I remembered all of these characters, but I like didn't know where they were from. So watching it and like seeing the lizard and the poacher and just the eagle and all it's like it all came back and it was just a lovely experience. So if you haven't seen The Rescuers or this sequel for a long time, highly recommend. I used to love The Rescuers and Rescuers Down Under Mm -hmm. when I was little. I had both of those on VHS and I agree with you. I remember the beginning. It's like a mock. It's like the UN, right? That's the first one. Yeah. And then the second one is them like rolling through the Australian outback and it's like I think the animation is great. I mean, another great choice for voice performance would have been Ava Gabor as Miss Bianca, which I think Mm -hmm. is great. Some of these characters here, we have John Candy also in the sequel, which is phenomenal. Okay. I have another pick. I need to finish out my Pixar category. I'm surprised no one picked this just because I love it so much. Um, I am picking Finding Nemo which is kind of like the first Pixar movie that I just truly loved. I watched that over and over when I was a kid. I thought that, you know, Dory is hilarious in it, losing her memory throughout, you know, meeting Crush along the way and all the turtles. And it just was such a great movie and just such a inseparable part of my childhood. We love Nemo. We love the script of Nemo too. Yes, we do. Also, yeah, like you mentioned, what was I going to say? Oh my gosh. Key Sherman, 42, all of UA, Sydney, Australia. Did you forget, yes. like, Dory? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> let's, let's all forget Dory. Yeah, the, the voice performer there. We can forget. We can also forget the sequel. The sequel, yeah. Okay. I'm a little torn on how to split my sidekick and my voice performance, but I think I'm going to... In voice performance, go with Pat Carroll, who voices Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Her rendition of Poor Unfortunate Souls is everything. And I think Melissa McCarthy did her best in the remake. But the way that Pat Carroll, her voice is just that it's so gravelly and 
she just really, I think, embraces the Ursula role entirely through the movie. And she's the reason why that song is so iconic in the Disney songbook. I have to mention a few other of her works because she was on my list too. One, Bridesmaids, Wild. Other Disney properties, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, A Goofy Movie, and My Neighbor Totoro. Oh my gosh. So she is an icon. She really is. I have a very chaotic pick for sidekick. (laughs) I am choosing Riley Poole from National (laughs) Treasure. (laughs) Oh, what a cutie. (laughs) Oh my god. Isabel, if you're listening, our shared love. Oh my god. (laughs) And the show, he's even bigger in the show. Oh, I'm still recommending this. He's in the show? I didn't even watch. I heard the show. It's so cringe. Oh no, it's great. God, Catherine Zeta? Oh, you should have picked her. I've never seen the show. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, I I saw the trailer for the show and I was like, what? So National Treasure was, you know, this was also just a movie for our our time, our generation for sure. And Riley, he plays the Q character, right? Like he's the nerdy friend who is more realistic and wants to stop Ben slash Nicolas Cage from stealing the Declaration of Independence, but he helps him out anyway because he would be completely lost without him. Mm -hmm. And like all good sidekicks, he has a great moment of his own in the movie when he realizes that daylight savings time hadn't been invented yet. And they do that fun trick with the water bottle and the $100 bill. So I'm very proud of this wildly ridiculous pick this is something i would do i'm very proud of this too (laughs) well because it just didn't really fit for me you know i thought about doing like flounder and sebastian Mm -hmm. but i wanted to take ursula instead i do like gus and jack from cinderella the little mice especially gus gus when he holds up the corn stack i love that but this just feels right for me all right so For my penultimate pick, I'm excited to talk about a movie I was not worried would be taken by either of you. In the Marvel and Lucasfilm category, I'll be picking Avengers Endgame, which is the (laughs) pinnacle of Marvel films. It, you know, it is the the summation of the many films that all led up to it, bringing together and assembling all of the Avengers. And I don't know if you, if you didn't scream when all the Avengers came together in that movie, you're not human. We did not. I'm not a human, Well, I'm but sad. I did go see it. I'm sad. For I'm you happy guys. for you. Okay. My final two picks. We made it. We're still we're in chaos land. Yes. We are in the bronze era and the dark ages. We truly are. My pick is the great mouse detective. I would never have taken this one from you. I figured that's why this is one of my last picks. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I loved as a kid. Oh, good. Like, really, really loved. Yeah. I also think the voice performance is really good. Um, Vincent Price yes. in it. Mm-hmm. He's so good as Radigan. It's kind of creepy. But yes, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a, I don't know. It's a fun, different kind of Disney adventure. It's kind of similar to Mr. Toad in a way, but... I guess all of my picks, I have like the rescuers, I have the mice from there and the crazy adventure. I guess I, there's a theme somewhere in there, but okay. My last pick is wild card, which was going to be national treasure. There's like so many I want to mention here. 
a goofy movie and the song Eye to Eye is <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Parts of the Caribbean. I considered Pirates. Only the first one. Mm-hmm. And then all of Miyazaki, which Disney distributed. But I think for a wild card, I'm going with another one that I've probably mentioned before. Again, not a surprise. It's called Donald in Math Magic Land. Oh. My yes. parents for my birthday got me the DVD of this, which I didn't know existed. I used to have the purple cased VHS. And honestly, this is probably the most worn cassette that I have. And oh. it's probably why I like math today. It's very imaginative. And I love Donald in it, too. It kind of goes through all the old Greek and Roman systems for numbering. It's very fun. It's not long at all. And since we didn't have a shorts category or anything else, it really didn't fit anywhere. So it's going here. Okay, Ryan, what I've been waiting for. Well, we're almost out of the woods. So my pick for wild card. We're going into the woods. Is this Meryl Streep? No, no, no. I am picking for wild card (laughs) in her Disney era. Taylor oh, Allison God. Swift as herself in Hannah Montana, the movie. Okay, so this is not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to pick the Long Pond Studio Session. Mm-hmm. That was Disney also Plus. allowable, but no, I is mean, it? I, <laughs> I, it's absolutely allowable. And let me say that if you have not attended the Eras Tour, the tickets are absolutely worth it. I have been twice. I wish I could go again. Maybe find some international tickets. Total blast. I mean... She works so hard. She's out there on stage for over three hours. I am proud to have her as a part of my slate. And I just see a total look of disgust on Sophia's face. She just is disinterested. (laughs) Moving along. Did you see Taylor? Every single one of her albums is like within the top 40 on the Billboard charts right now. That's insane. Other than her debut album. Every other album. Anyway. I love this pick also. You know, Disney's commitment to capitalism yeah, um, Taylor absolutely. is the most committed capitalist around. Her tour will gross over a billion dollars. Okay, for my final wild card pick, I will be steering away from Taylor Swift. Um, Out of the chaos. But my pick does have some chaos within. I will be taking the defining Disney Channel original movie from my childhood, High School Musical. <laughs> What a pick. What Zac a pick. Efron as Troy Bolton. It really oh is gosh. just a Grease remake. That haircut. Is, oh, he's so yeah. cute. Oh, man. My gay awakening. I've never seen the whole thing. I guess maybe that's my viewing for tonight. How when I think about so this sad. time, it just was so much. Like, we performed. We're all in this together. I was going to say, did, you, talent did you do the dance? <laughs> my entire class had to do it. Yes. Oh it was God. just a moment in time. Oh my it, it sure <laughs> Vanessa was. Hudgens when she was Vanessa Ann Hudgens. The only one I've seen is High School Musical 3. Which was in theaters. That had a theatrical release. Yeah. I didn't see it at the theaters. Though. High School Musical 2, also good. All of them. <laughs> Troy good. Bolton running around on the golf course. Oh my God, Sharpay. Mm-hmm. After Dark, she's coming. <laughs> Trilogy She's viewing. coming. Yes. Ashley Tisdale on Oscar Wilde After Dark. Who's the first... Oscar-nominated actor going to be from the High School Musical world. Zac Efron. So he's going to be in a Sean Durkin movie coming up called Iron Claw. 
about, which is about a family of wrestlers. And I think it could be an awards moment for him. You know what people also thought was going to be an awards movie last year? The greatest beer run ever. Yep. That. No. And that came and went <laughs> without a peep. That was a Peter Farrelly comedy. Okay. Well, we did it. Let's read through our teams. Who wants to start? I will announce, I guess in its finality, my winning slate. <laughs> West Side Story, the 2021 remake for live action. Uh, Snow White for the Golden Age. The Jungle Book for the Silver Era. Um, in the 70s and 80s, I have many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The uh, beginning of the Disney Renaissance, I have Aladdin. And then um, the late 90s, I pick Tarzan. Uh, the 2000s and 2010s, I have Moana. For the Marvel and Lucasfilm category, I went with the incredible Avengers Endgame. For 20th century, I have Avatar The Way of Water. My sidekick is the duo Timon and Pumbaa. Pixar pick was Finding Nemo. My Oscar nominee was the song Remember Me from Coco. My voice performance was V. Walt Disney as Mickey Mouse. My villain was Mother Gothel Entangled. My song was The Unforgettable Earworm, Let It Go. And my wild card was Taylor Allison Swift as herself in the Hannah Montana movie. Okay, so for my team, for live action, I have Tron Legacy. For The Golden Age, I have The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. For The Silver Era, I have Peter Pan. For The Bronze Era and The Dark Ages, I have The Great Mouse Detective. And then for... Disney's Renaissance, I have The Rescuers Down Under and Hercules. And then the 2000s and 2010s, I have The Incredibles. My Marvel or Lucasfilm pick went to Black Panther. And for 20th Century or Searchlight, I chose Fire Island. My sidekick went to Genie from Aladdin. For Pixar, I picked Wally. My Oscar winner was You'll Be In My Heart, the song from Tarzan, sung by Phil Collins. My voice performance, I chose James Earl Jones as Mufasa in The Lion King. My villain is Madame Mim from The Sword in the Stone. My song was Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. And my wild card was Donald in Math Magic Land. Okay, in the live action category, I have The Parent Trap. The Golden Age, I have Pinocchio. For the Silver Era, I have 101 Dalmatians. For the Bronze Era and the Dark Ages, I have Robin Hood. My Renaissance picks are The Lion King and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. For the 2000s and 2010s, I have Toy Story 3. My Marvel or Lucasfilm pick is Star Wars The Last Jedi. My Searchlight pick is The Banshees of Inisherin. My sidekick is Riley from National Treasure. My Pixar selection is Ratatouille. My Oscar nominee or winner is Julie Andrews for her Best Actress winning performance in Mary Poppins. My voice performance is Pat Carroll as Ursula in The Little Mermaid. My villain is Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. My soundtrack is Beauty and the Beast. And my wild card pick is the Disney Channel original movie classic High School Musical. So, so um, may the best win. You know, I have Riley from National Treasure and High School Musical, which I think will take me over <laughs> the, the Sophia edge. Heads are, I think, kind of <laughs> slang the boat heavy. I feel like we all have great picks. 
Yeah, they're very us, too. Mm -hmm. I think they really show our tastes, um, not just in Disney movies, but in film in general and in just what we like, including for Ryan Taylor Swift. Thank you, Ryan, for being here. It was so much fun to have you back on. Always a blast. Um, Thanks for having me. You know, if you're looking for anyone to uh, comment on Barbenheimer, uh, you have my number. I'll I'll be around. Oh, my God. What are you seeing both in one day? We need to know your viewing plan. My hope is to see both at once. And then, you know, clearly they're going to be very similar movies. So, um, you know, big discussion to analyze, you know, compare, contrast. (laughs) You should go see Oppenheimer in the fake IMAX at Lennox with the spec in the screen. (laughs) That way I can have my dead pixel. (laughs) Ryan, share with everybody where they can find you. I know it's not on Twitter, but where else? Well, you can find me on Instagram at rjchopper. And I'm also on Goodreads as uh, just myself. You have a Letterboxd account too, right? Do you use it? I haven't opened that in like four (laughs) years. Okay, we tried. (laughs) Never mind, we tried. (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you like our show, please feel free to rate, review, and follow. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at Oscar Wilde Pod. And if you really like our show, you can subscribe on Patreon at patreon.com slash Oscar Wilde. And let us know who has the best team for the Disney Centennial Draft. And next week on Oscar Wilde, we will be covering, as we finish cancer season, another cancer director. And that'll be George Cukor. So we'll be talking about three of his nominated and winning films that will be Born Yesterday, Gaslight, and The Philadelphia Story. I cannot wait for that. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you very soon. Bye.